Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello Villa fans, Aston Villa shit, Newcastle pretty decent, that's the result from tonight's game. Now I, I jest in a lot of ways, I'm really annoyed um, about that game today because um, you know we conceded some really stupid goals and we had some situations whereby we put ourselves in just really really stupid situations on the field and a lot of it stemming from midfield and it's so funny well it's funny I, I, i'm finding it funny here at the moment because i just said to patty right i'm going to be all calm and measured when i go on this podcast and the first within the first 28 seconds i bust the blood vessel but patty it wasn't good viewing out there was it specifically in the first half for aston villa today and uh very difficult to pick an awful lot of uh positives from that game very little positives. Um, the, the positive in the game is is how well managed Newcastle were and how they policed us in the first mm-hmm. half and how how high, um, without engaging straight away, the minute we passed the ball out, they engaged and we couldn't play through them. And mm-hmm. you just, you just got to tip your hat to them and say they were the better side. They were a much better side than us today. But there's a lot more questions to be asked other than... Uh, why Newcastle played so well. There's there's a lot of things at play here, but uh, I'm sure we won't get into them tonight. Yeah, and look, uh, yeah, like like New, Newcastle, we spoke about this, about, about Villa's midfield being bullied uh, in the first game, and Joe Linton, we said there was no Joe Linton today. Um, we said that uh, there was some Tonali today, but it was the same old, same old midfield again. You know, John McGinn is the only midfielder that comes out of it really with a lot of credit, I think, uh, from that point of view. Uh, thought he was pretty good tonight, but, you know, we were just, it was like a game of hide-and-seek at times out there trying to find a pass in the middle of midfield. 
Um, and and I'm and I'm really frustrated by it. I really am because it was like we can't work when the engine room doesn't work. And then when the engine room doesn't work, we don't create chances. And when we don't create chances, we we rely on crossing the ball in from our fullbacks. When we cross the ball in from our fullbacks, we're just not built to play against the Fabian Sharers, Fem Botman, and uh and and, and a Dan Byrne from crosses. Yeah. We're just not. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's incredibly frustrating, and I know I I started off hot and heavy there a moment ago, but it's like it's I just I I can't figure out why that midfield was so 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 passive and not able to pass themselves. It's just and and they've no strength in there or something, Paddy. It's just frustrating. It really is. Well, well. You couldn't really, you couldn't really fault John McGinn's work rate or strength or, or, oh. or ability on the ball tonight. Um, and I think I'd struggle after John McGinn to name someone. Well, obviously Leon Bailey, but then again, we're we're patting uh, Eddie Howe on the back again because he, he brought in Liveramento and they went five the back, and they, then he was largely ineffective. So you, you've got you've got to be asking yourself the question on Saturday if if the Abbey starts again, what the hell is going on? Because he hasn't played a good game in months, literally months, since I saw the Abbey having any type of outstanding performance. And today wasn't any different. Why he got into a position to take a shot and not take it is absolutely Twice. baffling. Absolutely Twice. baffling me. I missed one of them because my my uh, very reliable stream went down, and I couldn't. I missed both of the first, uh, both of the first of the Newcastle goals, and. Uh, yeah, I was kind of happy that it wasn't functioning at that time, but I did see them at halftime. I thought there was a foul on on uh, Longley for the first goal. There was a lot of pulling and dragging going on there, but that wasn't looked at. But they spent a long time looking at the second one for some reason, even though Maddie Cash was lying in an offside position. We were never getting that one. No. But look, I think the better team won. I think they deserved a victory. I'm not going to get as pissed off mm. as I was watching the game now because uh, there's so much... Um, there's so much questions now over this team since Christmas, um, taking into consideration the Sheffield United performance, the Man United performance, uh, the poorish performance against Everton, um, and then then again tonight we just didn't show up. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, I I, I agree, and it's like like the, the goals we conceded. I suppose when we talk about them once again, it was physically muscled out of it in the first uh, for the first one um poor defending from from Ezri Kanza must be said um and Douglas Louise in that instance and then actually they got pretty close again second uh but it was it would would have been a third goal but um it was very very similar Shark got in between Kanza and and um Douglas Louise and the same thing kind of happened again and I th- I think we got might might have got a free out from it from from that instance but uh, it's it's just it's just a real frustrating situation that that was because when they got a goal, it's the first time under Unai Emery that when they scored that first goal, I kind of went, I'm not sure we can score two goals here today. Just the way we the way we played up to that point, I wasn't sure we could score two goals. And then they can see, then they get a second one two three minutes later, you know. And that's the frustrating part. Like the element of fortune that they had in their second and third goals shouldn't be, we, we should mention it, but it still doesn't take away from the fact that Newcastle were a better team. Like the second goal is really fortuitous. Like, like the deflection off long leg, he does really well to get out to it. It deflects, comes off the crossbar, falls to the, falls perfectly to, to, to Shar, who's waiting there, a centre half who's just waiting there. 
he's out of position. He should be well out of there, you know. Um, and and he took him into the back of the net. And then the last one, then Jacob Murphy gets he gets has has a really terrible shot at the back post, and Alex Moreno slides it into the back of his own net. You know, while we it's okay to mention those Newcastle fashion the better chances, and that last goal came from our midfield just being absolutely lackluster, really really lackluster. There was no that box midfield. They all just the spacing was all wrong between the centre halves, between, between the strikers. It made Watkins completely isolated. Diaby didn't help him either because Diaby was just being pushed off the ball at every opportunity. And it also made Kanza and Longley isolated inside there as well uh, as the two centre halves. And then as we pushed our wing backs, our full backs up forward, for, up as well, we had no number six presence inside there. We weren't playing that extra centre half, this, the fellow who tucks in. And it was sitting duck time at times there. Noted by the second half, whereby they get a really good chance. Longley stands his man up, just his man then just shifts it to the side. And Emmy Martinez makes a brilliant save. You know, these are not coaching errors, these are on field, um, these are on field errors by players who are not told to play that way. I don't care what anyone says, it's not been the way that they've played under Unai Emery so far. Um, that was, there was a lack of personal discipline out there tonight, and arguably to be said in the first half of the there was also a lack of positional discipline as well in midfield. So I, I, I'm not getting off the hobby horse here of midfield. I've been talking about it all, all day. And it's not just me trying to be right. Midfield was very passive today. It was bullied when it, when when they got the ball. When they got the ball themselves, the, our midfield did. They were bullied off it an awful lot. And something needs to change in there, whether it's we bring in a fifth midfielder, whether it's we you know, go three at the back and and play our, our, our wing backs in midfield as well. I, I don't know, but but today, Chelsea, Man United, and uh, Man United in the second half, I suppose, really, and uh, you know, a couple of other games uh, since then, we've seen our midfield get get, get steamrolled a small bit, and that's the concerning point for me. I do. I think there's lots of concerning points. I think, I think the fact that they managed our press so well, and we couldn't shift the ball well enough to 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 play even a. a Three quarter or a quarter of the pitch passed to, to to stick. We just couldn't keep the ball, no matter what we did. They had they had our number from the start. Um, I'm I'm deflated now with the whole thing. I'm just like, we gave him a week off. We're back working on tactics. What the hell has gone on? Like, it just is it, that one is a sucker punch tonight because we we needed it. I think we needed that victory tonight. We needed to go and beat them, and we needed to lay down a marker towards the rest of the season. I I don't think Sheffield United have, have uh, they'll come and play their own game on uh, on Saturday and, and and hope that they can turn us over because they need a win as well. They they can't be sitting looking for the draw like they did the last time. Um, good. It's I hope just, they do. if they if, if they do, if they come and play, you know that will suit us better. Mm. Well, well, it will. It will. They'll have to. Like they can't. They can't be sitting back waiting on a draw. I don't. I don't believe they will at home anyway. But um, I, I, I'm debating on whether to draw a line on it or go all in on everybody here. But there's, there's a lot, a lot that I'm annoyed over. I'm annoyed over that yellow pack lines man that put his flag up for an offside and and then allowed uh, allowed Newcastle play until the ball went dead and then put up his flag in the second half. Like which mm. is it? Like where's the consistency? We, did, we didn't even see a replay to know if it was onside. At that stage of the game, there's two minutes left in the first half. We could have possibly got, got it to 2-1 and who knows what happened. But you've got these fucking idiots that are just badly trained and badly managed by Howard Webb. And they need to fuck off the lot of them. I'm fucking sick of them. 
absolutely fucking sick of them. Totally overprotecting players. That decision, uh, the foul on, on Trippier, he, he's an embarrassment as well, going on holding his face and his head when when he was blatantly obviously hitting the chest. I just don't get it. Mm. And and you know what? Saka does the same thing. All the English internationals get away with it. And all the big six get away with it. We do it. It's probably free the other way. Or he gives the yeah. offside, one or the other. Anyway, we've slipped into yeah, the rest corner, as DC said. And I don't want to go down that road because we were beaten by the better team. That's we the long and the short. By the better team, yeah. But you, yeah, you, and, have, and, you, have, to call, you have to call out mistakes by, uh, by officials because nobody else is doing it. Well, yeah, well, the, the, the flags up and stuff like that, they were all offside. Like, Moreno was offside in the first half. And, and Bobby Jr., um, how about you listen to the whole thing that I said and not just what I said about the yeah. referees. We were beaten by the better team. End of story. Yeah, but there has to be a but. If we'd have got that, if we'd have scored that just before halftime. But that was that, 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 he was offside, and 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 Watkins was offside, and like at the end of the day, they're offside. Like, but their directive is you leave your flag down. That's the only piss take I have from it. But anyway, um, yeah. that is. Well, we'll never we'll, we'll never know because it wasn't it wasn't showing. Replay wasn't showing. Moreno was definitely didn't stop, offside. Didn't, didn't stop the play. Didn't didn't stop the replay. So we don't know. No. But so he, so he how close it was when when Watkins was actually offside for that for that goal. How close mm. it was that they, you know, there was there was literally a toe in it, which was unfortunate as well because I think at three two we would have really had them rattled. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would that would have created a real momentum, and I think Paddy, that's a good like. Let's 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 shine a small bit of because the two of us are uncharacteristically, I suppose. Uh, hot under the collar after this, you know. It's um, usually usually one of the two of us comes in with a with a with a kind of a very stable kind of mindset with regards to it. But it's very rare that both of us are uh, are are, are puffing smoke after it. But I think on that, you know, the momentum really was with us there for a 10, 15 minute period when Bailey came on. You know, he's turned on the edge of the, uh, in the in the center circle. Like that was brilliant. What was it that Andy McCoy said? He said something like, Oh, Dan Burner's gonna need a complimentary ticket to get back in after that one or something like that. He saw them for, for such a pop. And uh Watkins scored, obviously. And then the second one when he finishes it is like his big toe is offside. It's one of those ones, but it was offside. Um and you know, at that stage we are we're looking threatening, <laughs> but you know, uh, then the clock watching probably comes into it and you know, the, like a lot of teams, if you get that goal in the next thing, nine minutes come up on the board, you're probably looking at the players kind of going. Like, and in fairness to Watkins, Watkins was was onto the crowd, come on, like, 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 let's get going here. We're going to try and get something going. Then he got, the second one was ruled out. And what I'm saying is that like when those nine minutes go up, you could imagine that the, a home team gets a boost from that. But at 3-1, it's very difficult to get a boost from that. 3-2, it's a, a completely different game, but, you know, offside is offside, and, and, and that's what was called. But, um, yeah, like, and, and saying that, Newcastle, I think, came straight back up the other end and had another great chance as well after that. So, like, everything that we that we did tonight was, uh, the majority of things, should I say, that we did tonight were countered by Newcastle. And that's, I'm not going to say it's a worrying thing because they're a well-coached side and they've got some really good players. But it's not what we wanted to see, and it's not what we're used to seeing at home. And the last first loss at home in 18 games or something like that, is that what they said? Um, uh, first loss at home in 18 games is tough to swallow because the performance wasn't there. And the performance wasn't there against against Chelsea and the performance wasn't there against Everton either. And that's three performances. And the performance wasn't there in the second half against Manchester United. That's three and a half games where the performance just really hasn't been. And 
performance wasn't there against Middlesbrough. Um, there's four and a half games, so the performance just wasn't And, and they've had a week, and they've had a week off. Some, and they've had a week off as well in the middle. So there's there's something that needs to click again, or there's something that needs to be changed. I don't know what it is. I firmly believe it's in midfield. I firmly believe that the they the, the if you if you just pack out midfield against us, it's Sayonara. You know, that we we haven't shown we can do much in that aspect, or if you just try and bully our midfield. But I don't know who we bring in, or I don't know who we replace, or I don't know what we do to to fix it. Three at the back might go a long way to do it, so we can crowd out the crowd out midfield as well, so we don't get caught in the break, but on breaks like we did tonight. But no, I I don't have an answer on how to fix it. Um, I certainly don't. But at the same time, I'm not in panic stations either because we've gone through situations like this. You know, we're not a finished article, and at the start of the season, we were putting in performance like like this, and there was tweaks in the formation that led to massive runs. So it's not all down trying, like, per, for the future, I suppose, looking forward onto it like that. It's obviously not all down trying from that point of view. With players coming back from injury, we would hope. And, um, like, Pau Torres makes a difference to this team. Luca Dean makes a difference to this team um, when he when he comes in. And Fit Jacob Ramsey makes a difference to this team from the point of view that he's a ball carrier. You see what a ball carrier did when Bailey came on today. You know, this team is badly in need of a ball carrier. That's why Morgan Morgan yeah. Rogers is likely to come in to come in as well, because that's what he is, a ball carrier. You know, if we if you can't pass through that mid that that block and our midfield certainly couldn't today, like Paddy, I've I've we're fifteen just caught up sixteen minutes. Like you're Telemans today, like like uh, I, I can't, I can't like you know, it just did not work. Nothing worked. He he nothing worked for Telemans today. Um, yeah, and he can't he can't carry the ball. So when you have nothing, him who can't nothing work the for ball, Diaby either. Nothing worked for Diaby as well. Diaby was nothing worked for Zaniolo. It's, there's there's yeah. a long list there, a long list. But what the I'm two saying, but, but it's, it's, were largely it's, it's it's your everything starts and finishes at your midfield with in, in this system. Everything starts and finishes at your midfield four. And if you play that box midfield, and all you're doing is trying trying to play triangles around in the middle of midfield, if they put six into midfield, you're screwed. Because you have to go wide, and then we're crossing the ball in, and you've got Dan Byrne and Fabian Shar on the end of it. So it's for me that's where that's where every single issue tonight came from. That midfield, that midfield part. I'd, I'd be interested, you know, and I'm really interested to read Jacob Tanswell's uh, viewing it in in the Athletic tomorrow, um, because uh, he he does tend to find one or two little scraps of uh, of. Um, of I suppose reality is what I usually call them, but one or two little scraps from uh, from from again from a tactical point of view. So um, I'd be blown away if he didn't didn't finger the midfield and and say that they were the ones that uh, that, that that couldn't get anything going because it's it's just so important in this system, it really is. And I've no answers because we had young Tim and we had Ramsey on the bench and that's it. Yeah, no, the only the only person's opinion I'd be looking to hear now is is Uri Emery because. Yeah. Tactically, I think uh, he offered nothing when we when we were quite obviously being being outplayed and outbullied um, from from our own box, you know, early in the game, and there was no, there was no there was nothing nothing offered to change that up. I felt um, I felt at halftime that um, he he should have made the decision then to take off the Abbey. I, I think Bailey should have been brought on at that stage. I think I thought Ramsey should have been brought on at that stage. But I think it was blatantly obvious that uh, Ramsey wasn't fit enough either and probably shouldn't have been out there. But look, 
we are, we are. I, I, I truly believe we need to get Pau Torres back into this team. I think he, I think he's an unbelievable outlet that goes largely unnoticed by the opposition. The way he plays the ball, the way he can pick a pass, be it a long pass or a short pass, the guy is just colossal on the ball. So we need we need that steady head in there, and that's not like I see a lot of people digging out Longley in, in the in the comments. Longley was the better I, of our two no. centre halves tonight, yeah. and that's I'm, that's I'm not I'm not on that post at all. Um, I, you know I, I I really like him as a player. I, I think he could he could have a future with us as 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 a backup or or you know to be in positions where we're winning matches to take off both Torres and protect them. I think he'd be very important and. In, in situations like this when we don't have Pau Torres, I think we need to be playing with a player of his calibre in that position. But anyway, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, Pau Torres is brilliant. And when he comes back in, you have Torres and you have Kanza in, the, in that centre-half partnership. And maybe you even have Torres, Kanza and uh, Longlayer, Torres, Kanza and and Diego Carlos. And the more the more I think when, when, Tor- when Torres does come back, they're playing that back three probably does unlock our midfield a small bit or it's at least a wrinkle that should be considered because we've done it before in this in 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 uh, Unai Emery's era I suppose in the team previously and um, I wouldn't be adverse to doing it again uh, I certainly wouldn't be adverse to doing it again because um uh, yeah this 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 box midfield um has not impressed me in the last four games let's just say yeah. um yeah but anyway look I'm going to leave it at that, guys. We could be here for another 20 minutes and we're just going to make ourselves a bit more angry. But well done to Newcastle tonight. They've turned us over. Uh, Eddie Howe came in. For, and one, one of the things he said in his pre-match was uh, Europe still isn't off the table. Champions League still isn't off the table. And there were 14 points behind. He talked about momentum. He talked about getting on a good run of form. Feeling the need to get get some, some bit of uh, momentum back again from three points point of view. Um, yes, we're not losing games on the trot, but we need to get uh, we need to get some winning momentum back again. And uh, we're still in fourth place. We're still eight points ahead of sixth place uh, at the moment. Um, all is not last for sure, but we're just frustrated about tonight. And yeah, um, and it is it is just frustration and and frustration mm. that we keep doing the same thing when it's not working. So something has to change. Something has to change at the weekend. Something has to change fast. And some players need need to take the finger out of their arse and get on with it because there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we, we haven't even touched on. Um, I'm not going to either. So yeah, we we need we need to get our players that are going to be back anytime soon. Get them back into the team. Pau Torres is a huge loss. Um, it's. Oh. But I was throwing up something there. I was throwing up something there by Rob Rob Warner, and I think that is that was the start of the game where we missed Tyrone Tyrone Mings kicking a lump of someone and getting the crowd up. Yeah, you know Dan Byrne did it in the first half, just like he he had a poor touch. Ball was coming to Matty Cash. He just slid out a long leg, took Cash and the ball with him right in front of his fans. Little thing like that, you know. Our fouls today were Bubakar Kamara dragging somebody back. I think he had five fouls in the first half and gave away the ball three times. And look, and that's the kind of thing. It's yes, you slow down the play for the other team, but you know if you're getting involved in that kind of stuff, uh, you know when you're at home, there's one way ticket to 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 two yellow cards at some stage, and that's why you and Emery brought yeah. him off. I would imagine, but yeah, it's look, yeah. it's it's. I full faith in Una Emery, obviously. Don't get it, don't anybody get anything wrong on that one. Um, but Sheffield United at the weekend, I would expect like if we go out with the same eleven against Sheffield United at the weekend, 
I'd be a bit disappointed given how well Bailey played and how poorly Diaby played. Um, or how down on his confidence Diaby looks. Also, if Tielemans was in the starting eleven, I'd be a bit disappointed in that too because there were just two players that everything broke down around um, and that just looked like they were... They, you know, Newcastle were, were not too worried by them, I don't think. And that's saying that from Diaby getting in, getting in two lovely chances that he didn't shoot. Well, one he shot and the other one he took it way too wide. Uh, of the goalkeeper and, and had a tame effort, you know, so just didn't didn't work for him, didn't work for him uh, tonight. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we move on, we move on to Sheffield United at the weekend. Paddy, we're going to have to do uh, some sort of a pre-match podcast at some stage during the week. Um, also, oh, actually, before we go, let's, let's change into something completely different. Aston Villa are going to sign an Australian goalkeeper, uh, whose name I can't even pronounce. Joe Gauchi, I think is how it is. But uh, <laughs> go look him up. A um, couple of our Australian... See, we've got the best the best people and the most knowledgeable football fans watch our podcast, Betty, because not only had I retweeted it two seconds and then all the Australian Villa fans were banging underneath going, this is an exact breakdown about what he is. They gave me tons of information. Unfortunately, I'm not, I don't do scouting series on goalkeepers because uh, I just don't know. I don't know what I'm looking for. Um, but fair play to everybody who sent that on. Looks like he's a promising player. I'm going to go and I'm going to read up on him this evening. I certainly won't be watching that game back uh, tomorrow. And that's why I'm waiting for uh, Jacob Tensley's, uh, um, uh, what you call it, um, piece on it tomorrow because I, I don't know will I be able to watch that first half back again. But anyway. Quick question for you before you go. How, how, yeah. how, what, percent, what percentage of the ball would you say we had tonight? God, I don't know. Uh... Just, just as you see it, as you as you think about it, what what would you say our percentage of the of the ball was tonight? Forty six. I don't think we had the line share. Like, what I'm looking at here says it was sixty one percent possession for us. Certainly didn't feel like that, did it? <laughs> well, it, there, was, there was a lot of times after they scored our first goal where we just passed the ball or, or literally around our own penalty box. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so so potentially, um, bad stuff. Yeah, 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 bad stuff. Yeah, um, right. So lads, look, we'll all have the decompression session at some stage ourselves, and uh, all we can do is be there for each other because after a three-one loss like that, we all just want to cry. But fair play to Newcastle, a uh, better team on the night, and we've a bit of we've a bit of work to do with the drawing board, I think, to start out, um, to 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 start out this little slump and. No better manager to be able to do it than Unai Emery. Looking forward to seeing you guys over the course of the next week. And also for anyone who's coming to Limerick, really looking forward to seeing you on Saturday as well for our live podcast. I promise I won't start the podcast with a swear word then. Uh, I, I, I actually do I, promise that I won't do that. So uh, thanks so much, everybody, for your support. I, I don't think you, I think you might. I think you might go, oh, fuck, it's Paul McGrath. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Yeah, maybe no I'd never swear in, in the presence of God you know uh, I want, if I want to get through those pearly gates I have a lot of sucking up to do uh, so I might as well do it to his to his messenger on earth anyway uh, in the form of Paul McGrath but uh, yeah thanks so much everybody who's coming it, it means like it's insane and We'll we'll tell a story about how the whole event got together and uh, and, and and even <laughs> up to like forty five minutes ago about this event. We might tell a few stories about it over a pint and uh, on Saturday. But thank you so much to everybody who's coming. We're looking forward to seeing you all. So that is something to look forward to. 
and and to switch your mind from uh, from this result tonight towards Saturday. And uh, we'll see you all in Cask in Limerick um, for that fantastic event that we're really looking forward to put on. And there still are a couple of tickets. It's funny. There's like there's a drip feed of tickets being released. I see on the ticketing app uh, on the ticketing website the whole time. So uh, if somebody thinks that it's been so, well, if it was go, showing so low for anybody yesterday, there's I just looked at it there. There's like another four tickets available there. So um, they're they're creating space every time it sells out for the in the venue. So fair play to them. If anybody still wants to get tickets for them, they are available on uh, just go to yapcity.com. Type in our name for the love of Paul McGrath, or just type in Paul McGrath's name, and it'll be the only one that pops up. You'll be able to see tickets available for it there as well. Mm. Right, go and leave it at that, everyone. Thanks a million. In the meantime, uh, as always, should I say, stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.